everyone. This is Josh Broccolo. It's 11 p.m. this happy Monday, April 20th, 2020. Now for today's news, there isn't any news to report. Except that I've been playing Animal Crossing, and that is uh, the greeting that I usually get when I turn on Animal Crossing. So that's a lot of fun. Um, but it's not just Josh Broccolo here today, uh, not just a blue mouse named Broccolo, apparently. Mm. Is with in, a bad haircut. With a bad with a bad bowl cut. With hair that comes over his fur. It doesn't make any sense. Animal Crossing doesn't make sense. That's okay. It's not just me. It's not just the Blue Mouse. It's not just Tom Nook. We also have my wonderful co-host, Mr. Nathan McKeever himself. You're laying on a bit, bit thick there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, how how you doing, man? How's it going? How have the past two weeks been for you in in quarantine land, or not so quarantine land in, in well, Deliveryville? I, well, I I'm I mean everybody else is supposed to be in quarantine, but mm-hmm. uh, as we we discussed earlier, uh, the American public is dumb <laughs> and they don't understand what words mean. Um, no, it's just my exasperation. Uh, it, it's fine, dude. I mean, like, it's good. Uh, you know, still working, still whatever. Uh, I already, I had like my long form rant <laughs> in mm-hmm. the the pre show, uh, but I'm exhausted. Like, I'm I'm starting to wear out. But uh, I have two weeks of vacation coming up here. Mm. Uh, but by the time this drops, so this will air what April 29th. Um, at that point in time, I will be officially 39, and uh, I will be in the midst of my first week of uh, annual leave or vacation or whatever. And uh, you know, just gonna spend some time do we're gonna we've talked about doing some painting and i'm just looking at like it's going to be nice to just not have the ever-present existential dread uh, (laughs) of uh sort of wandering about in in the plague lands so um no but i'm you know we're good i'm like i said just sort of wearing a little bit thin, but we're good. And, you know, just uh, based on a conversation that I had with my pastor, I am trying to just remember remember that uh, even in incredibly difficult situations, incredibly trying situations, that, uh, you know, God uses these things for our good good and his glory. And one of the things he does in that is he... uh, uses these things to shape us more into the likeness and image of Christ. So Mm -hmm. I don't like that because (laughs) it's not fun, but I like that because it is good. And uh, so, yeah, in that sense, things are good. You know, we're, we're fine. How are you guys doing? We're, you know, we're doing pretty good. We're, we're taking it as it comes um still always busy i mean i will every time you ask me that i'll always say i'm busy so that just doesn't mean anything anymore one of these Um, times i'm 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 gonna like wait until like you've been off for like you're in the midst of like a week and a half long vacation be like mm -hmm. josh how are you you're gonna say busy i don't be like lies (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly ask uh you know like early august because uh our our third our daughter is due at the end of July. So 
I should be taking, I should be, I will be taking two weeks <laughs> off of work from then. <laughs> well, th- that's another thing. That's another crazy thing is like, depending on how long all this lasts, you know, we're not obviously not meeting at church anymore mm-hmm. uh, for the time being. We're streaming our services, things like that. Like if things start going back to some sort of normal and we start having services, like there's a lot of changeover that needs to happen in order to go back to that. So it's this weird thing like, oh man, I hope that doesn't happen at the end of July. <laughs> there's a lot that needs to happen if we're going to go back to, to meeting together in services. And like, anyways, it's it's weird. I'm not saying that I will leave my wife to go to work if that's the case. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I don't know what the future looks like. That's all that I'm saying. He's, uh, but he's also he's not not saying that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, man, it's, <laughs> I'm just harassing you a little bit. Yeah, so. no, that's fine. That's fine. I I understand. Work life balance is always uh, difficult for me, but also I'm not one to I'm not one to to slow down. Like I mean, I I think I've said it multiple times. Is like I can always find something to entertain myself with, uh, whether it's video games or whether it's starting new projects and you know whatever. Um, this mm-hmm. weekend I mounted our TV, which I should have done a long time ago. Um, but it was on our, our TV stand, and I just put it up on the wall, like, two feet higher than it was. Maybe not even that. Maybe it's, like, a foot and a half. So it hasn't even moved very much. But it kind of opened up the living room. It was nice. All that to say is I I just, I'm always doing stuff. Like, I can't. I don't know what I'd do with myself if I wasn't doing anything. That didn't make any sense, but I'm just going to go with it. Um, but we're doing good. We we are doing good. I'm I'm still busy at work. Uh, there's still lots of stuff. It, it's it's like every time a project is done, there's new stuff that pops up. Uh, you know whether mm-hmm. whether it's like I I, I say that because Easter is over. Um, so it seemed like there was going to be a bit of a lull, but then but now there's like oh, but we want to try doing this and this and this. Um, so okay, well let's let's go for it. Let's change things up. Why not? Um. So always, always new adventures. That's for sure. Um, but we are doing good. You know, I, I talked about it on the last episode, but we, we, my wife and I have very different experiences with that. Cause like today was one of the first days in a while I was up at work for a solid nine hours, I think. Um, so it was, it was actually like all day out of the house. It wasn't just like a half day or anything like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's here with the kids all day all day, every day. Um, and now that we can't go out very much, you know, it's, it's, it's different for the both of us. Um, but, but I mean, all things considered, we're doing real well. So it's good times. It's good times. Good. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, Megan's, Megan's doing fine. Mm -hmm. This, this, she's, she's definitely getting stir crazy. She took the dogs for today. Uh, she took the dogs for a two mile walk and then went okay. for a two mile walk on her own. Okay. Uh, sans dogs because Yuki, our red and white, she's what? She'll be like four this year, I think. She's still got a good bit of puppy in her, but she cries everything. Like there's another dog. You know, there's mm-hmm. uh, a person. Nala, we never had this problem. And it's like, it's like a stiff breeze. <laughs> it's like it's just like and and she's just a very social dog she likes people 
Uh, she likes everything, and but she's also very vocal. And so we, uh, I, we, we do voices for the dogs. And Yuki says, I cry. I cry. <laughs> it's like, you, you give me a treat. I cry. <laughs> I see dog. I cry. Yeah. I like how she's yeah. Russian, but I guess that makes sense, being a husky. Yeah. yeah. And Nala is like, you, human, come over here. Give me belly rub. <laughs> Who say you can stop? You cannot stop. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I feel like you should give your dogs vodka, but you shouldn't give your dogs vodka. But with voices like that, it just seems like it would be fun. You're human. Give me vodka. <laughs> vodka. Vodka. Uh, <laughs> give anyways. me treat and vodka. Yeah. No, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Megan's. Like I said, our, Megan and my experiences are very different yeah. as well. Like because for me, I go out and 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 you know, some of her experiences sort of normalize a little bit. She is able to do some like sort of cyber school stuff with mm-hmm. yeah. her clients, uh, but yeah, it's just our day to day rhythm is kind of like meh. It's I'll tell you what, the, the biggest thing with this COVID thing, and I don't want to blame COVID per se, but it has really thrown off like my schedule. Oh yeah. In, in this, in the sense that like, it is very hard for me to sort of like, just stay on top of like daily tasks sometimes mm-hmm. now for, mm-hmm. for some reason, I think it might be a little bit of like, there's some, probably some depression sort of creeping in okay. and I don't want to like, like sort of be light or frivolous on that. I think it's just like the situation is stressful. There's a lot of, and I just think like there's probably some depression that's starting to creep in a little bit. Gotcha. And so I need, I need to, I, I need to exercise way more than I have been. I mean, I walk, you know, eight to 10 miles a day, but it's like we have these kettlebells and I'm like, have I told you, like we do like a 15 minute kettlebell workout Mm -hmm. and it's like these, like these 30 second circuits and they blast me. Okay. And I'm like, I just need to start like getting up two, three times a week and really like maybe even three, four times a week and just doing like a kettlebell, like 10 minutes on the kettlebell, like mm-hmm. five minutes stretching, 10 minutes kettlebell, and then get cranking. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. Um, well, speaking of, uh, well, I mean, I was going to make it do a segue into our backlog report, but, uh, <laughs> Speaking of productivity and mm-hmm. rhythms and patterns getting jacked up, because mine has been so like I've been so negligent, uh, I can I can just uh, my backlog report of shame. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, I I've got my report right here. I've got it. Right here. Oh man. I had these like really nice uh, three by five square grid, grid cards, yeah, yeah. and I, I I ruined like four of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just totally ripped apart um, a piece of mail that I got in the in the mail in the mail, obviously because it's a piece of mail. Uh, but that doesn't matter. You mean that wasn't your backlog report? Um, it was you reporting fraud. on something. <laughs> We're frauds. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I don't have much to report on. Honestly, I have been dumping the majority of my video game time 
into Persona 5. Mm. Um, I've really been trying to hit it hard, especially after like Resident Evil 2 took over last month. Um, I'm like, man, we're a quarter of the way into the year and I've like, what, one tenth into this game? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. May- I mean, that- maybe that's an exaggeration, but I still felt like I was pretty early on in the game. And so I've been able to to blast through like a palace and I got to a second one already i've i've found a groove and i'm starting to feel what you were saying how there's like so much in this Mm -hmm. game that i kind of just want to like focus on the combat portions of the game like the palaces and things like that Mm -hmm. um but at the same time i i do like the um the social aspect the confidants and learning their stories and things like that so i do like spending time in that but Mm -hmm. my goodness um after playing 999 and Virtue's Last Reward, th- this feels like it has just about as much talking <laughs> as those games did too. Uh, the, the characters will will continue to talk and say things, and and that text box just scrolls. Like you can go, especially when it's like six scripted parts of the game, um, you can go through like three days without hardly making any decisions you know or at least not any meaningful decisions sometimes yeah sometimes you'll have your main character choose between saying like three different things but they all actually mean the same thing so it's like why did you even do that (laughs) just so i wouldn't fall asleep which i literally have fallen asleep playing this game but that's just because i'm tired um but i want to play uh but uh, no uh i am i am enjoying it uh i've found more of a rhythm for it um, I, I shared in our discord that I just found out that you can see where confidants are from the map. Um, and that's been super helpful. You know what? I, I'm sure at some point in time I learned that, but then when I finally picked it up to do the finishing round, mm-hmm. it wasn't until like my last like 15 hours in the game, I was like, Oh, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm glad. Because you see the blue cards, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, they're generally somewhere in here. But if you push the square button, then you can actually see what confidants they are. And that has actually led me to confidants that I didn't have before. So it, like, will literally Mm. tell you, you know, like, fortune teller lady. I had no idea that she was a confidant, um, except Mm -hmm. that now, you know, it shows up there. So I'm like, okay. Okay, mm-hmm. that simplifies it if you don't want to just like run around and try and find somewhere. So, so that's been nice. Um, I'm so I got to another palace. I I finished the third palace with Kanashiro or James Garretson from Tiger King. Uh, finished that one up. <laughs> and, yeah, when you did that, when you showed that like the the picture, I was like, oh my goodness, he's it's it is. It is it is really strange. Okay, so okay, it is I'll, I'll eerie. jump on this this yeah. tangent real quick because in Tiger King, James like he kind of talks about it when he's first introduced how he's made his money because he owns bars and there's like some seedy stuff going down at his bars is kind of what is implied. And so you mm-hmm. meet this Kanashiro dude, and he is like literally blackmailing teenagers into. Performing certain acts on other people uh, so that he can make money. So he like 
he is totally like preying on people and and then he shows up on screen and i'm like wait what he looks exactly like that guy from tiger king that is so freaking weird um his voice didn't really fit him very his voice actor i felt like didn't fit what he looked like but regardless doesn't matter Um, it's been a long time since i i listened to his voice acting so i can't for the most part i like the voice acting i think uh uh ryuji is really good um, I think his voice actor is just like perfect for him. Uh, Makoto's pretty good as well. I think Yusuke's kind of weird because he's got like such a deep voice. Yusuke, though, seem like... his character arc—he's just weird. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the voice kind of makes sense because it's just like a little, yeah. But I like a uh, Sojiro, Sojiro Sakura, the the guy who takes care of you. Yeah, his his voice is is awesome. He's got a nice deep, gravelly voice as well. I dig it. Anyways, kind of reminds me of the uh, not Spike, but the other guy. Yes, uh, yes, that's what I was thinking too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. So I'm enjoying Persona Five. I just got to not to give anything away for anyone who hasn't played it, but I got to Futaba's Palace. Um, and I've started it mm. and it's interesting. Don't know much about Futaba at first. I thought she was going to be, it's funny. You brought up, um, uh, cowboy bebop. Cause she seemed like an Edward character, like a really weird, like hacker character. But now that I'm kind of learning more about her, I'm like, Oh, okay. No, there's a reason you are the way you are. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like this, this game hits on, on some pretty heavy topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well and she is the, to you know not to spoil it but she does she is a bit of an ed okay um okay yeah i mean but even even looking at cowboy bebop ed's the way ed is because of her uh <clears throat> upbringing background right whatever. she like the whole abandoned orphaned arc thing that, mm-hmm. that you know it's been I need, I'm just, you know what? One of the things we're going to do with my vacation is I'm going to watch through Cowboy Can't Bebop again. Good stuff. It's it's not, It. I'll tell you what, as far as just like the the, the animation integrity, it's kind of, it's it's dated at this point in time. But man, I yeah, I'm going to watch it again. I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at how well it holds up though. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not as, the animation isn't as, isn't, as great as like some of the stuff that comes out nowadays, but it it holds up surprisingly well. Now, I mean, I I got the you know HD versions and whatever, so I'm sure I have, that they. Were. I have the the HD Blu-ray. Okay. Okay. Like so, like I have the remasters or whatever. Nice. Um, yeah, then I, I, watch, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I'm gonna watch the. I'm gonna find a way to watch the Cowboy Bebop movie too. Okay. That, I that was to, really good too. I need to see that one. I'll put that on my list as well mm. when I'm not so busy. Huh? Uh, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I do have to report, though, something that happened this weekend, talking about Persona 5. Um, my uh, PS4 that I got, you know, like six yeah. months ago, might possibly be on its last legs. Um, That's it a is, bummer, dude. Yeah, it's deciding to to not turn on sometimes. Like you turn it on and there's this click that you hear, like it turns the light, the blue light turns on, there's this click and then it just shuts off. 
Like, now, okay, are you don't are like you that. putting it in the rest mode or are you powering it down every time? I power it down every time. Um, I did mm. try. I started putting it into rest mode after I've been having mm. these issues, but it's still very hit or miss as to whether mm. or not it wants to turn on. Even after rest mode, it'll do the same thing. Like you turn it mm. on and then there's that click and it just shuts off. Um, so it that like the click to me makes it sound like it is a hardware issue not just a you know a software or something um i've opened it up i've taken it apart somewhat for the most part i've gotten to the power supply and reseated it because i figured maybe it was it was an issue with the power um mm-hmm. i've cleaned it out you know used well i i didn't use compressed air this round i need to do that again just to see if that'll help um but there weren't any huge issues with dust in there so mm. I I don't know, man. It seems like it's 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 hit or miss. But I did find out how to um, download all my saves to a USB stick. So I've mm. done that. So I won't lose anything um, if the PS4 does decide to completely kick the bucket. Because um, right now it's it's kind of yeah, it decides when it wants to power on. So it's not the end of the world. It's it hasn't gotten to a point where I'm. You know, at first when it started doing it, I figured like, oh, it's dead. Like it's not coming back. But I have been able to get it to turn on. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it's just hit or miss. So hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully I can get through Persona 5 um, before I have to look into getting a replacement. But we'll see. Um, as for games that do not require a PS4, I've also been playing little bits of Animal Crossing because it's mm. it's charming and it's fun to just chill and because you're a drone exactly yeah i'm just one of the other you know you're a pod person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly and i like vicariously living through someone else who is just doing normal day-to-day things as well it doesn't make sense since the rest of the world can't work in real life Mm -hmm. you you might as well work in a video game for them exactly Yeah. yeah there you go Picking oranges, like breaking rocks, catching butterflies. It's a good time. <laughs> but really, those are the only two games that I played. Um, like I said, mostly dumping a bunch of time into Persona 5. Um, I have read um, I've read a couple books. I, I think a couple books. Been doing- yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, so I talked about the four-hour work week. I read a book called Essentialism, which was pretty good. Um, it used a lot of the same concepts as the four-hour work week. And then I listened to another book called Digital Minimalism. And mm-hmm. that was a really good read by uh, Cal Newport. Um, and he's basically talking about the effects that, that phone use and particularly social media but phones in general and how um, how basically it, it apps are made to steal your attention. Mm-hmm. And um, so digital minimalism is basically the approach to applications on your phone and, and your phone in general to, to be very intentional about what you let into your life and into your routines so that you are in control of um everything that you're doing basically so that you're a more attentive and intentional human being <laughs> in general um so but it t- it talks a lot about the effects that that your phone has because it is so convenient that um it can become a crutch 
to the point where you just can't uh, focus on anything um, because you're constantly using little bits of your attention to, um, you know, monitor whether or not your phone is vibrating or whether or not you've gotten a notification on Facebook or whether you're not or not you've gotten a new email or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a really good approach. It was challenging. You know, I'm not in, I'm not uh, what's the word applying absolutely everything that he talks about. Um, but I have backed away from Facebook considerably, not even because I spend tons of time on Facebook, but really what it is. And, and this, this was kind of the eye opening thing to me because I, I think I fall into this a lot is that it's, it's not the overall amount of time. It's the amount of times that I check it. Like, why Mm. am I constantly checking for notification or, or it's it's the t- it's the amount of times that I'm like I justify I'm bored right now I'll spend a minute scrolling through my feed and like what am I really going to get out of that minute um that I'm losing by giving it my attention like instead what else can I actually focus on and give my intention attention not intention um intentional attention yeah exactly what intentional attention am I going to give intentionally um, so it, it, it was a really good book. I'd highly recommend it. Um, even again, you don't have to apply everything, but it's got some really good information in there, especially because, um, what he brings out is this is the way that it's designed, right? This is what, um, applications are intent, like apps on your phone. It's, it's why they're made is to get you to continually check them. It's why, you know, websites are the the way that they are so that you can continually go back to them so that, you know, it's ad revenue. Like it's, 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 there, there are reasons behind these things. So we have to be, uh, I keep using that word intentional, but we have to be very mindful. We have to be mindful. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of why we're using these things, because if it only provides us a tiny little bit of value, like, is that really worth, um, splintering your attention into you know 50 different apps that you check i'm exaggerating but still uh anyways i've talked a lot about three little things so i'm done what 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 does your report say today um as far as games go uh it's played a little bit of division two Mm -hmm. within the last couple of days with parker i think we're going to kind of just move on i'm going to keep I'm going to keep it because uh, I like getting in there. The gunplay is like sort of easy and, you know, uh, it's just enjoyable. Uh, so there's that. Uh, but I think we're actually going to fire up Diablo 3, which, nice. yeah, that's my jam. Uh, it's one of my favorite Platinums. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Like he's he, he and I were talking about it. He's played some Diablo clones. And he's like... Okay. I'm like, dude, I'm like, the thing is like Diablo three in a way there's some, like I was actually talking with my brother a little bit about today, but Diablo three, there's some weaknesses to that game, but overall it is, I think the best sort of implementation in the series so far. Like it, it sort of has like, so I'm excited to see sort of what he thinks. Uh, I'm, I'm a little, like my thing is like if he doesn't like it, it's no great shakes, you know, like skin off my back or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's a good time. So I'm looking forward to jumping back in that for a little bit. Uh, I have beaten Octopath Traveler. 
I rolled credits on all eight stories. Nice. I have not finished the post game stuff though. Okay. So I'm I'm trying to sort of go through and I want to do all the little side quests yeah. and then finally wrap up. I have all of the classes, so I have the four ah, hidden classes. So good. Um Yeah. And, and it's like I'm just sort of rolling through and just playing through and just enjoying my time with it. Thoughts on this and we'll talk <laughs> we'll talk about this a little bit more. The storytelling in that game is interesting, mm-hmm. but I think it's it might be one of the weakest bits in in a way. Okay. Yeah. Is that the stories are fine, the stories are good. Um but the fact that it is really just these four stories that sort of don't really touch in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. it kind of it's jarring. It doesn't like it, I just wish there was like a little bit more of an attempt to sort of like weave them together. Yeah. Versus but overall, I mean, it's uh, at some point in time we're going to talk about it and mm. on our on our top 100 list i can't remember where it sort of ended up landing but um coming back to it uh depending on where it's at we may need to renegotiate because i i really think this is like i think it's very 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 good yes i I don't know if I would rate it like five stars. This is a very strong should play, almost bordering on must play. But Mm -hmm. the big caveat is like you have to like RPGs, JRPGs in particular. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's sort of like there's some like quibbles and stuff like I, I, I like the art style. There's a part of me. It's like if you wanted to use sprites in that 16 bit sort of look. I really wish they would have leaned into the sprites just a little bit more. Like, really, I think that the sprites are good. I think they're very nice. But I keep thinking about, like, Chrono Trigger's sprite work. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, I would have killed to have some, like, better. Like, Chrono Trigger's sprite work is just the pinnacle for me. And it's like... Okay. I, I'm just like, hey, it's good. It's really good, but it's not Chrono Trigger level. And so I'm not happy. Um, yeah, that's just me being me. <laughs> well, yeah, it's I mean, more it's more Final Fantasy VI than Chrono Trigger, for sure. Um, I mean, it's. I definitely think, like, I prefer Octopath's sprites to Final Fantasy VI's. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's you can see sort of the direct lineage. Right, so. right. Yeah, exactly. And to your point that, um, you know, you have to like RPGs to like this game. Oh, definitely. I, I'd say I'd say even going farther than that, I think Octopath is a love letter to those 90s mm-hmm. RPG, JRPGs um, to where, like, it... it, it was speaking my language when I was playing the game because those are my favorite, you know, those are my favorite games. So while I loved it, like it's on my personal top 10, like I totally get if you're not into that era of RPG, you know, like if, if you're, if you're more, I don't know, Xenoblade Chronicles or something like that, like, no, that doesn't mean you're automatically going to like this game. And, you know, everything I've said might be hyperbolic at this point, but yeah, just where I, me as a player, it, uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's, it, it is an excellent game. 
it is pretty, 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 pretty good. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm curious. So you've gotten, you've rolled credits, uh, you've gotten all mm-hmm. four chapters of all the characters. How much time have you spent? Do you know what your play time's at? At this Actually, point? I, I have it right here. Um, let's see. I mean, I know I spent a considerable amount of time in Endgame, quote-unquote, which was literally just finishing every single side quest and then progressing on to the very end. Um, I'm, I'm at 90 hours okay. or more. Okay, yeah. And that's, that's just that's, like the, the snapshot from the Nintendo profile thing. Yep. So. Okay, so yeah, so we were pretty similar then. Yeah, I, uh, I'm enjoying it. And it's like, I think, so one of the big things, and I'm not going to get too deep in this, one of the big mm-hmm. things, like, so, like, I put, what was it, like, 120 hours in the per- Persona 5, I think yes. I said I ended on? Yeah. The 90 hours in Octopath Traveler so far, because I think just of the very nature, it tends to, like, the, the shorter episodes, it just, it constantly feels like you're progressing the story, you're moving the needle, yep. whereas with Persona 5, you don't always get that. Um Right. And so that's a little bit of a yeah, a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Division Two Octopath Traveler. Uh, this month's backlog buster is uh, the Super Mario Brothers games, mm-hmm. and uh, just for like so that's Super Mario Brothers one, two, three, and then uh, Super Mario World for Super Nintendo, and any of the really any of the two D side scrolling. Mario's. I just encourage anybody to play those because uh, they're all pretty fantastic. Yes. Um, I did fire up at one point in time the original Super Mario Brothers. Played through that. Uh, got to level five or six. Okay. I don't know. Just sort of like screwing around. I was like, oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, been meaning to fire up Super Mario Brothers three because that's the one I really want to play through. That's mm. not super long. Uh, I'm, I I plan on playing through all of them over the next couple of months or something because all of them are easy sort of sit down. Even Super Mario World is not that big. Um, yeah. It's not too big a time sink. Uh, so there's that. As far as books go, and it's like I had to think about it. Did I ever mention the fact that I did end up finishing the Wing Feather Saga books? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I did that. Um, I wasn't sure. I I've been listening to some uh, Harry Dresden short stories. Okay. Yeah. And collections. Uh, I I I'm enjoying being back in that world for a little bit. It's uh the next book is supposed to come out sometime this year, I think. Okay. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I also listened to slash read uh on Loving God by uh Bernard of Clairvaux. Okay. Uh, he was a monk back in the you know the monastic era. I don't know. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's like a it's a shorter sort of read slash lesson uh, lesson 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 here <laughs> lesson here yo. Uh, that's a gangster Sean Connery. Poorly done. Poorly done, Nate. Poorly I done. I liked it. Um, but uh. And uh, listened to that for a theology group session that we had a couple weeks ago. And that's really interesting. I've listened to it a few times since then, and uh, it's really good. 
it's one of those things that uh, it's short but dense. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, Jared, my pastor, basically says uh, John Calvin has often been called the uh, the theologian of the Holy Spirit. Um, mm-hmm. He would. He said, and I don't know if he took this from somebody else or not, but he said, that in his opinion, uh, Saint Bernard of Clairvaux should probably be called the theologian of love, because. Okay. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, it's it's a really interesting little like pamphlet sort of thing, um, and uh, I recommend it. I recommend the medievals, and uh, yeah. Nice. I'll need so, to check it out. It's very good. Uh, as far as memorization, I have really just uh, not been great at that lately. Um, and it's sort of going back to like, I like I, I have the best intentions, but COVID-19 just sort of like is ruining my life. Yeah. And I hate <laughs> it. I hate it. Uh, there's a real quick here. Uh, there's a devotional series that I think I can't remember where it was being published from. It might have been like uh it looks like it's a oh crossway. Okay, okay. so uh it is from Dane C. Ortland and uh it is called Gentle and lowly in heart is the first one, but it's like a two week devotional. And I've sort of been, I've, I've actually been wanting to use it for family worship just so Megan and I, but I haven't done that, but I've, I've listened to slash read the first couple of days. It's very, the, the bits and pieces that I've read are very, very good. I would highly, highly, highly recommend that. Okay. Nice. Just Google it. It should show up. So but yeah, that's that's my backlog report is that, you know, I kind of suck. <laughs> but grace abounds, fools. There you go. So. There you go. report i talked a lot about persona 5 you talked a lot about octopath traveler so you can see the kind of through line there that uh we both like jrpgs and so we figured we would spend some time with them do a little study on them and i mean we i don't think it's it's any secret i mean like when we did our top 100 chrono trigger um and final fantasy 6 came up often um I have mercilessly panned Final Fantasy VII. But, you know, when we talk about some of our favorite games, the bulk of them do tend to sort of fall into that JRPG, RPG sort of Mm -hmm. genre. Um, So the other thing, though, is like we're sort of rolling out a new uh, series or sub-series. And uh, we're actually calling these segments... um, and we're not really sure exactly how we're going to roll these out, 
in some ways, these are going to be genre studies. In some ways, they might be uh, a deeper, and maybe in games that, don't, like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind actually doing a how should we then play something like uh, The Shadow of the Colossus mm-hmm. or, you know, some, anyways. But yeah, well, the spoilers, we're calling them how should we then play uh, as a bit of an homage to how should we then live because um, we're reformed and campy and <laughs> yeah um but yeah so you know similar to uh schaefer's book how should we then live what we want to do is sort of take this time um to do sort of a deep dive examination in this particular case of the genre specifically um when it comes to jrpgs and by jrpg that, that actually is a uh you know Sometimes you hear the term RPG mechanics or whatever, but specifically the JRPG stands for Japanese Role Playing Game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, uh, it has some it has some interesting characteristics to it. If we're if we're talking about you know just JRPGs in general, um, the, it, nowadays it, it's kind of funny because th- that term doesn't really define much of anything especially in a day and age where just about every game has rpg mechanics um but originally jrpgs were just there to um to signify a slightly different genre within rpgs the the broader kind of genre of role-playing games, jrpgs were differentiated from western rpgs and they were actually almost a, a mutation of the Western RPG. So basically you would have these uh, games that were based on D&D modules, really, uh, games like Ultima, that went over from the West to Japan, and then uh, Japan basically decided to riff off of that and 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 make a simplified version of that a single player version of that um and out popped dragon quest was really the the first the birth of the jrpg um was the original dragon quest and that is sort of the the progenitor um it's what jrpgs in general harken back to for their core mechanics so Again, saying that a game is a Japanese role-playing game doesn't really describe it, except when you look at the history of how these games came to be. Um, things like turn-based mechanics and uh, progression systems, you know, your, your fantasy settings, your equipment, and things like that are kind of staples of the genre because that's where it was originally birthed, so to say. But anyways, that's my quick little two-minute history with Josh of JRPGs, I probably got stuff wrong. Sorry. No. Well, I think you know. I think in many ways, Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior, depending on your your locale, mm-hmm. um, really was I think the prototypical. Like it is the yeah. first real JRPG, and and mm-hmm. it was born out of again, sort of there were Western RPGs. I. I want to say wizardry, but I'm not that's sure right. that, that that's right. Wizardry. Uh-huh. That was the other one. That was the other one. I was thinking, yeah, Ultima was later. Wizardry was the original. I think I think it was sort of like 
Yeah, they saw that and they were like, oh, hey, let's do something like this, but not. And mm-hmm. um, so it was sort of a response or a riff. You know, I think that the word riff, like you said riff, and I think that's a good, like they saw this and said, hey, what if we kind of did this instead? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, th- that was honestly the, where I got into them. Um, but I think like to looking, just sort of looking back at that and saying, uh, there are a few things that distinguish this particular genre, especially in, in, in the way that we're talking about it. So the turn-based battle systems, uh, mm-hmm. the, the progression systems, specifically, uh, in some cases, stat manipulation or stat building. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about RPG elements, a lot of time what that's actually referring to is that those progression systems where it's like the leveling up, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like you gain, you you sort of fill up on this ex- the experience points and when you gain a level, you have access to more skills or you become slightly stronger or you get a little tougher or whatever. And th- there are variations of that. I think, was it Final Fantasy 2 was the one that, um, and not Final Fantasy 2 in the US, but the, the actual Final Fantasy 2, mm-hmm. where it was your stat points were actually directly tied to your actions. Mm-hmm. So if you got yep. beat up a lot, you got tougher. If you fought a lot, you got stronger. You know, if you ran away, you got faster. You know, and there yep. was that sort of, which that system actually moved into the saga games. And sort of actually ends up working itself into, uh, I'd say a variation of that ends up showing up in like the Elder Scrolls. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking of Morrowind. Um, hmm. that, that that was sort of, I think it was Morrowind, where it's like if you ran, y- your athletic skill would go up. Okay. Um, but Morrowind is actually, the lineage there is actually more of a Western RPG, which we may come back to at some other point. Mm-hmm. So- Specifically, um, you know, I think the big hallmarks, uh, just as far as the big sort of like, when you talk about like the things that define just as far as mechanics go Mm -hmm. or rule sets go, um, it's typically, yeah, it's there, there, some variation of a turn-based combat and the, the, the progression systems, um, the, the high fantasy stuff, I think as a general rule, yeah. Uh, but I don't think that's necessarily always the case. Right. Right. It's not, it's, it it doesn't have to be high fantasy in order to be a JRPG, but that is kind of the default that, that they tend towards, but no, it, 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 that's not a requirement. I mean, outside of like earthbound Mm -hmm. everything, which, which is sort of a science fiction, which is more akin to it's a well it's a weird satirical <laughs> whimsical science fiction mm-hmm. something um which in a lot of ways has more in common with like sort of like the high fantasy type fiction than not anyways so uh so those are like the basic frameworks that 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 you could say that JRPGs like strictly defined a JRPG needs this and this. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let's talk about, I guess, I have a couple different topics here, mm-hmm. and there's no real order, but I thought, like, what are, I think, a, a natural sort of, like, stepping off point. Like, 
when we talk about, so there's the basics, like it needs X, Y, and Z. So it needs like that turn-based system and it needs the, uh, the progression systems. Mm -hmm. I would say like, there are some big hooks and primarily when I think like, and when I say that, I mean like the two things that always sort of get that got me or get me when I'm into the, when I sort of go down the rabbit hole, um, for me, it's, uh, it's either, and it can be either or, or it can be both, mm-hmm. but it's usually, it's the stories that these games tell, yeah. uh, or, or either, or, or both again, it's some sort of like battle mechanic or mm-hmm. there's like, um, I think specifically what we were talking about Octopath Traveler the the job system and the subclass system and everything else like those mechanics are really fun to find ways like those that that's a hook for me that system yeah. always sort of get like those systems uh final fantasy 5 with the job system uh, final fantasy tactics which isn't really a jrpg per se that falls more into the strategy rpg mm-hmm. camp yeah but it is kind of jrpg ish uh, but anyways it's it's that's a weird sort of a genre bender, but like yeah. the the those big stories that sort of suck you in. Um, I'm thinking of like specifically in that case. I'm thinking about like Final Fantasy VI. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 game story is epic. Final Fantasy IV is a great one for that too. Um, Chrono Trigger, and, and again, like those stories were the the reason I started playing these games was because of those games, those stories that they told. And then the sort of the systems and the hooks and like the subclasses and just like the character exploits and stuff like that. So those for you, are there, what, what would you say are the big hooks specifically? Well, yeah, I, I agree. First off, I agree with you and I did want to just give a further uh, sort of delineation. One thing that that make you're talking about the storytelling in JRPGs, and I think that 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 kind of just goes without saying that role playing game. It's funny too, because even the term a role playing game. Well, of course, any video game yeah. you play, you're playing a role, right? But the thing about role playing games is that they are very story driven. Like the role that you play, the game becomes about the story that you are taking part in as opposed to just the story being set dressing. I think of, you know, like the original uh, Donkey Kong, you know, your jump man, your Mario trying to save Pauline or whatever. I, I don't even remember if that was her name uh, in that one or if that's been retconned. Mm. But regardless, like, okay, so there's a story there. You are playing the role of jump man, but that's not an RPG because even without that story, that game, that arcade game, still, uh, it, it can be stripped of its story and it's still the same thing. Um, I think because, like like we're talking about, progression systems are a hallmark of RPGs and, and JRPGs in general. Um, that goes together so well with the storytelling mechanism that you need to continue to progress in order to progress the story. And as the story gets farther on, your character progresses as well mechanically. So it's it's this amalgamation of different things. All that to say is that, okay, so role-playing games are about the stories that they tell. The stories are a huge part of it. I yeah. I would say 
Uh, one of the main differences between Western RPGs and JRPGs are that JRPGs are very much, um, they, they tend to railroad you into the story that they want to tell. Right. Mm, so yeah. so they oh, have an sure, overarching sure. story, whereas Western RPGs tend to be more open world sandboxes where you create the story that you want to tell with either your main character or your band of characters. It's more like a and d module where, yes, there are certain things that are going to happen, but it's really about the interactions or it's really about uh, kind of... Th- it's more about the journey than the destination, if that makes sense. It's more about um, mm-hmm. customizing yeah. your character and your your story. I, I think of like Elder Scrolls. You know, Skyrim is the game, and I haven't even played Skyrim, but I know it to be the game that has you know a hundred stories in it because you can you can just mess around in that world, and that's kind of what the game is about. Yes, it has this overarching story, but that's not really what it's about. JRPGs, that is what it's about. Like they are there by and large to tell you a story and you are going to 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 go along with that. And obviously genres are never like super defined, right? I mean, it, it's it's just a generalization of of these different games. So you have different flavors even throughout that. Because even something like Octopath, you have all these different stories that it's telling. Um, and it tells it at different times. So, so, you know, you can have fun with that and you can play with that. But I, I would say that there are, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the different terms. Uh, it's not immersive storytelling, but the, emergent. Oh, there you go. Emergent storytelling mm-hmm. is, is more of a trope for Western RPGs, whereas JRPGs are more, uh, are, are, are telling you a set story, which to me is extremely effective. I personally prefer JRPGs over Western RPGs. Um, I, I think that's played out by my favorite games of all time. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just the, the type of story that I, that I prefer really. And, and maybe I should spend more time with Western RPGs. I don't know. Um, but anyways, time is another thing actually that we can talk about. Um, that, that's kind of a hallmark of RPGs. <laughs> were you well, like- I was I was gonna say that can sort of move into the the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. And so one of the the cons in some ways is that, um, and it depends. I mean, you could look at this as a pro or as a con, but these games typically tend to be very time intensive. And mm-hmm. that they, they require a massive investment of time. Uh, there are a few exceptions. Uh, you know, I look at Chrono Trigger, a game that we've talked mm-hmm. talked about often, and very. Uh, we are both v- like big giant fans of that game. We yeah. both love that game very, very much. Um, but it's a you know twenty to thirty hour playthrough. For mm-hmm. a single playthrough. Now that's a game also where you can play through multiple times, multiple ways, get different endings, experience different things in the game depending on certain decisions you make, etc., 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 etc. So you know to get all like was it like thirteen endings, fourteen? I can't remember, but like requires several playthroughs. So at the end, you could easily sink. Probably sixty to seventy to eighty, ninety hours on that. Yeah, um, in in Chrono Trigger. Whereas uh, Final Fantasy IV, I can't remember off the. T- I think is around a forty hour mark. 
Uh, I, 40 to 60 hours used to sort of be the standard. I think, uh, I remember when Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior 7 came to States on the PS1 and it was like, this is a hundred plus hours to play through one time. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's awesome. And now I'm like, shoot me in the face. (laughs) I will never play that game. (laughs) And then then I turn around and I play Persona for Mm. 130 hours or whatever it was. And I'm like, "Eh, I'm an idiot. But I I mean, I also, Dragon Dragon Quest 8, Dragon Mm. Warrior 8, man, my brain's... Um, Dragon Warrior 8, I probably put over, I know for a fact that I put over 200 hours into that game. Mm -hmm. So... Again, it's it's like one of those things where these these games tend to be very time intensive, yeah. And depending on you know just what your your what you can accommodate, that could be a a boon or it could be you know a, a detriment. And so it could be like something like if if you only play a few games a year and you're looking for something that you can just sink a massive amount of time in because that's all you're going to play over the course of a year. Well, then yeah, these might be a, a a viable sort of candidate. But at the same time, if you're looking for something that you can sort of like, you know, sort of chew in little bites and sort of move on, you know, sort of chew through and move on. These games are a little prohibitive in that regard. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, there's not too much. And, and so the thing is, there's a reason why there aren't that many JRPGs that are short little experiences. The one that comes to mind for me is, um, and now I can't even think of the title is, uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. That one's really short. It's also, it's also a good game. Um, Yep. <laughs> it's it's not. The, I mean, it's not terrible. It's not the worst game you'll ever play. Um but it's not good. Right. The music is great. Um uh, but the mm-hmm. uh it just it's yeah, no, it's not a good game. And and I would say that it kind of goes hand in hand. The reason that they're that the, the trope is that it's, you know, this big 60-hour game is because that's that's usually how long it takes to tell a story and to flesh out the characters. And to allow you enough gameplay in order to do that. Some games, like we've talked about already on this episode, like Persona 5, kind of double down in both areas, where it's like, Mm -hmm. yes, it gives you a lot of combat to play. It also gives you a lot of text to read through. Um, But there has to be this balance. I mean, I think for any good game, um, but especially in a story-driven game, it's usually not good to have, you know, hour long effectively cutscenes where you're just reading text. You know, you, you want to progress uh, mm-hmm. mechanically as well as through the story. Um, there need, it needs to have good pacing in order to, to, to flesh out these things. But generally, because it is character driven and or story driven, um, you need a good amount of time with those characters to actually have moments that are impactful for you as the player um, in, in order for the story to actually hit home. Uh, it needs to be, you know, I don't know, 20 hours or so. Um, unless the game maybe just plays really heavily on the mechanic side. I think of something like 
Pokemon, the originals, Red and Blue. Those aren't super long games, although they'll they'll take you a little bit. Um, and those are very much mechanic heavy. The story in that is not the main focus. Um, there are some nonsense. <laughs> the story is you're going to be the best Pokemon trainer ever. Right. I, the caveat to that is I do think it hits on it. It has some some pretty good moments. I'm thinking of like Lavender Town in the original Pokemon, where there's a, like some weird, creepy things that happen. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the I'm the child of this podcast. No, it's it, dude. It's it's all right. It, like what everybody because this is an audio format. What everybody missed is me looking at Josh and. Holding up my hands like Shrugging. I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's because I'm an old fart. <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's funny to hear because I've only played a few Pokemon games when there's tons and tons and tons of them. Um, but I would say story is not a big deal with Pokemon games, and they are J- JRPGs, so that shows yep. you how far into this, well, you know. And that's why I would say it's more about like the mechanical hooks. Right. It's like what you're seeing is the systems and the level progression. And that's, and it's saying like, this is the, 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 the core gameplay experience Mm -hmm. is, is this sort of this chase levels. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think too, like it is, it is good. Like to just stop and because like the storytelling, yeah, it's like, there are these epic stories. I mean, looking at, I'm going to go back to Final Fantasy VI because I think it has arguably one of the best stories in in any JRPG, like hands down. Mm-hmm. I prefer Chrono Trigger, especially now as I've gotten older because it's quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just I have my reasons, but Final Fantasy VI is a masterpiece uh you and paul just had a conversation about it mm. i think one of the things paul pointed out is that the whole thing is an opera like it's it's set up with operatic themes throughout the whole game and it's like man and uobatsu uh, uh no nobuo uomatsu's mm-hmm. ooh, i said uobatsu <laughs> my brain uh mouth work please um but uomatsu's music is very operatic it's just like it's well it's an opera like the the but i sort of think about like the world building the character development that they do in all of that and there's just like that game is tremendous mm-hmm. and the story is epic in scope i mean it's about the destruction of a world and and rebirth and it's insane uh yeah i need i need to play that again i know that's what i was thinking <laughs> as we were talking the whole time it's just like man this is so good i uh th- especially especially as we were talking about you know the cast and who to play because because that game too yes it it has a really good overarching story i would say even better than the story are the characters like the mm-hmm. characters really make that game because they're um they're so unique there is not a single you know um young charismatic uh amnesiac uh blonde-haired boy that you follow through the entire game that's not what final fantasy 6 is Locke is the closest to that and Locke is not that at all do do i detect a bit of a subtle dig oh i did i actually didn't mean it uh like that <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> i didn't realize who i described i apologize um 
but I'm. I, I think that's funny that subconsciously <laughs> you uh, took a dig at uh, a different. He who game. will not be named. <laughs> I know. I seriously, I I didn't mean to to describe anyone in particular, but that that those are tropes that are constantly used. Um, well, and I mean, even in that case, I don't think he's necessarily charismatic. Um, but I mean, but even with Final Fantasy VI, like, there's not one person that you like that the game pushes you to like. Like, there there's such a cast of characters that are all all have their issues, all have their their tragic things. Anyways. This isn't an episode about Final Fantasy VI. That's just one that uh, we both love, um, and yeah, in yeah. some ways, is is we both agree is is kind of uh, a pinnacle. It is a high water mark yeah. for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, so I mean, um, what are the sort of like doubling back here? Mm-hmm. What are some other like pros and cons here? I mean, like we've talked about just like these things have an enormous sort of time, like the the time investment mm-hmm. is always an issue. I think that one of the things that I really is beneficial is that these games do tend to sort of be literary in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And they, they, the, I think that storytelling, like they, they engage on an intellectual level in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you could just sort of, yes, you can just sort of cruise through. And I'm not saying like, oh, they are the highest of the highbrow. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. dude, it's at the end of the day, it's in the name. They're video games. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they they do sort of tend to tackle, uh, they tend to tackle themes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm trying to think... Um, well, in the Persona series, we're, we're both sort of familiar with that. Each one of those, like, uh, we've we've had some discussion in the book club recently. Uh, Wes, our buddy, the Henshin Dad, is playing through Persona 3 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's a personal favorite of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the thematic sort of element that carries through is death. Yep. And, and like, like, whereas Persona 4 is sort of a little more lighthearted it's about friendship mm-hmm. it's about like these other themes persona 5 uh man i'm not really sure like uh, well you know what i would say i think persona 5 is sort of about exploring like the 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 concepts of freedom yeah imprisonment and freedom um and that's a i guess that's a little on the nose but it's like it takes these deeper themes and it sort of like plays with it and sort of asks a whole bunch of questions about what if X, Y, and Z, like, look at this philosophy, well, you, mm-hmm. you know, and I think those, that is a a boon. And, you know, just, I would even say in some ways, the amount of reading that these games do sort of include, it's helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, because it gives you a chance to sort of process what the characters are saying. Like voice acting is cool. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Final Fantasy X, I think was the first game that was fully voice acted. Um I think. Yeah, that sounds the, right. I know it was the first Final Fantasy game that was voice acted. For, yeah. For sure. Um, like, yeah, I don't think there was a non-verbal, like, I think there have been other games that had voice acting in them, but I think like the entire game, gotcha. like, every line of dialogue yeah. was voice acted. Anyways, that's neither here nor there, and we could be very wrong on that. A uh, quick Google check would probably <laughs> confirm or deny. We will leave that up to you, listeners. Um, but 
I would say like I think something that they do well is they they play with these ideas. They tend to they 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 can lend themselves to being sort of playgrounds where we can sort of look at themes and meta narratives and and you can actually like sort of see like arguments and worldviews play out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's 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 something that I thought um was a a a a pro yeah. so to speak or a boon. Well and and along with that I just I have to talk about you know you mentioned persona the Shin Megami Tensei series in general. Um, I, th- I think in particular the third and fourth entries in that series, uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne on PlayStation 2 and Shin Megami Tensei 4 on uh, 3DS. Both of those games are very philosophical um, because they both tend towards this idea of if the world was destroyed and you had the power to rebuild it, then how, w- like, what is your philosophy behind rebuilding the world like Mm. is is it that everyone is it that the strong survive and the weak die is it that you know we we need to uh be under a heavy uh sense of law and any lawlessness needs to be punished with the sword you know like like there are all these different or is it completely nihilistic you know (laughs) does it just not matter at the end of the day um, it, both of those games, and they don't have answers, but they just have, well, I, I say that they have, you know, nine different answers. They have whatever answer you want to choose, but I'm saying it's, it doesn't lead you necessarily to one conclusion. It's like, it gives you these options and there are these different characters that embody these different philosophical concepts. Um, so, so the themes in those, in those games, those two games in particular stand out to me as very strong um, entries when you talk about the different kind of philosophical concepts in video games. I think along the same lines, um, something that JRBGs can do very well um, is is not only um, do they bring up these types of ideas, because books do that too, um, and 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 by and large do that better um but one thing that video games can do that books can't is that they are interactive so they actually force you to make choices um especially i mean i would say just about any good jrpg requires your input in order to turn the story in different ways so like we talked about chrono trigger it has tons of different endings like there are things that you can do in that even though they're telling their own story um you still have choice within that story on where to go on what to do you're leading the characters along um and i think there's something very powerful about that that you are actually that it is interactive and you are a part of the story along with these characters or you are controlling these characters like you are putting yourself into the story as well and there's something about that that makes it more impactful it's more first person than third person if that makes sense well i think in books you know th- since we we brought it up mm-hmm. books tend to be more you're an observer Right. You whereas games you are are a are a, oh, <laughs> boy brain uh, 
you are a participant. Mm -hmm. So you may not even be in the driver's seat. In a lot of ways, like it might give you the illusion of being in the driver's seat, Mm -hmm. but you you are sort of at the whims of the storyteller, but you are a driving force in this sort of the unfolding of the narrative. Yeah. Um, Which is, yeah, that is a big distinction. Whereas like, okay, I, I haven't been keeping up on it. And it was funny. Um, I made mention of a uh, of a show that we've been watching. I've been watching with my wife, and Anna Karenina came up in the show, and I was like, mm. "Oh yeah, I need to get back to that." <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, um, but I would say I'd say just uh, another thought that I had is it, as far as a sort of a pro is that I think in the best in in my favorite sort of selections in this genre, uh, even I would even include. Uh, recently Persona 5, like in the best, in the mm-hmm. sort of like the top shelf, the combat tends to be almost sort of a puzzle in a lot of ways. There's um, like Octopath Traveler and Persona 5 both sort of do, well, the Persona games in general sort of do this, but there's ways to like break the enemies, mm-hmm. combat, like the combat rhythms and stuff. And so that puzzle element there, and I think of uh, Octopath has the actual break and break system mm-hmm. um where you you know when you attack an enemy's weakness to a certain extent you actually interrupt their turn flow and so you know it gives you an advantage um persona the persona games do something very similar bravely default did something and bravely second did something along those lines where there were ways to take advantage of the, there were sort of these risk reward systems i think specifically the ones that i really love are the class and multi-classing elements. So like Octopath for Octopath, that's been a huge thing for me. It's yeah. like finding those builds for a character that just, you know, it's like, how can I manipulate this game so that I can just you know, and it, it is a bit of a power fantasy in in that sense, but mm-hmm. like how can I sort of take the rule sets of this game and just sort of like turn them on their ear and just crush like put this game firmly like beneath my thumb yeah and that that sort of that that puzzling those out and and sometimes you know especially with the 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 internet and the way that we have like forums and and all the different reddit threads and everything else when it comes to character builds now that stuff is like at your fingertips but Mm -hmm. It's still like a blast. And like some of my favorite builds are stuff that I find online, but it is fun to sort of get around, like fool around in there and create a a sort of a custom class of character that you know, lets you sort of tweak the game. Like, adjust, mm. like you can adjust the rule set of the game with these characters so that it plays in a way that you want it to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's and I, I like that. I mean that that's that's sort of like the the chess. It's like you're forcing. It's it's what I like about chess. And and the when I'm playing my best games of chess, what I'm actually doing is I'm forcing the opponent to respond to me, mm-hmm. and I'm driving those choices. And 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 I think that some of these 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 progression systems and character building systems actually allow you to do that to a, a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And along, I keep saying that, but along those same lines, 
um, talking about progression, that was one thing that if you go back and kind of look into the development of um, early JRPGs, is that with Dragon Quest, I believe the, the creator had said that he wanted to create a game where the time spent in the game is directly proportional to how um how much how strong your character is so basically teaching the player that if you continually work at it if you work and work and work then you will progress you will get stronger you will get better over time so where with you know other platformers action games things like that um you get better reflexes uh, as a player in order to play better but with jrpgs or at least again the the kind of prototypical jrpg um it was intentionally designed to show that if you put in more time you will get better at it like your character is actually stronger uh so that's what's known as grinding in a video game in in a jrpg um you know you fight enough monsters and you'll gain enough experience and you'll get better stats uh so so that is kind of woven into uh, kind of the DNA of a genre of of the genre as well. Um, I would say you know we're talking about pros and cons as well, and one of the huge um, pros about JRPGs is its storytelling. I would flip that coin as well because I would say what comes to mind: some of the worst JRPGs I've ever told had terrible stories. Um, mm. and so I would say that that is is one thing to be cautious about is that because this genre generally takes a long time you know 40 hours is kind of a typical playtime for a jrpg yeah because it's going to be a bit of a commitment from you um the story might suck <laughs> and in that case it's going to be a pretty crappy experience in in mm. my humble opinion um you know i've i've talked about this before so i won't belabor the point but that's one of the reasons why I really don't like Final Fantasy VIII is because I think especially towards the end, I don't think it had a particularly good story, but I think especially the very end of that game, the story reveals that happen are so ridiculously stupid that I, I felt bad that I had spent you know 80 hours with the game because it just did not wrap up well. Um, and I, that'll lead me to another kind of like ending point, but I don't necessarily want to go down on that rabbit trail right now. But I would say um, that that's something that you have to be cautious about, you know, something because these games require a commitment from you, um, it might not always end up. That, that, that's kind of the worst parts of the genre is that, hey, you might not get your time's worth, you know, like... You might not get your money's worth, but in this case, just your time investment of time, um, you might end up on the other end regretting the time that you spent if if it's really not telling a good story. Yeah, uh, there there are a few where yeah, it's I can think of a few games that sort of fall within this camp that I'm like yeah, at the end of it you just kind of go, huh? Yep. Okay. Yeah, or, or just this is so <laughs> bland and boilerplate. Like, mm -hmm. there's nothing special about this. And in in that case, I mean, I think what we talk about on this podcast is that that's not going to be worth your time. Like, there are so many, and this is, you know, I just like video games, guys. 
there's so many video games that are worth your time. Don't spend it playing games that aren't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. who cares about the game that that is so, like, yeah, bland and boring? Like, no, get yourself a better game and play that. <laughs> if you're going to play, if you're going to spend your time on this this hobby, like, go for what some of the best stuff out there. That's my two cents at least. Yeah, it well and it's definitely and that that's something I think that as just as a one of the things that we want to do with this podcast is say like hey, uh play better games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Like make make better choices. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I sound like such a grumpy old man there. Um yeah, and then you know, I am one. So it's <laughs> you know accurate. Um yeah, I definitely think there I just think it's interesting that um, I don't really have, I think, like I said, in, in some ways, one of the biggest pros can also be, I think it's interesting that just as a general, the things that we said, like the, the, the pros and cons are so sort of interwoven together. Um, that these it's it's sort of a go big or go home sort of thing. I don't know. It's like it's like yes, the the time commitment is in in some ways a very good thing, and it's also it could be a very bad thing depending on your circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, same with the story. I think um, in addition to the, just the 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 time required to tell the story, some of these games do require time to sort of master the game mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and to sort of really come to grips with uh we we talked about it at, at the beginning during the the breakdown um or the book uh well, report my goodness yes <laughs> jeez i am so caffeinated right now i think my brain's just like no um we're, we're not i'm not working with you um it's like you've done this for the last time mckeever um but I would think about I think about just uh when we talked about the map in Persona 5 and how you were like, "Hey, I found this out." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah. Th- there there are layers to these games that there are systems upon systems upon especially with the modern iterations. Mm-hmm. Like there're systems upon systems upon systems that are just layered on each other. And there's a way to sort of play these games very shallowly. And but that mm-hmm. there also can be for a certain type of gamer, and I'm maybe speaking direct, like while I love that sort of that that sort of puzzle element to the, mastering the combat or the systems, that can also be a bit of a rabbit rabbit trail that might not be healthy to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know sort of the pros and cons of 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 each one of these things. I, I think like hey, you know, there are some games where the the combat systems are phenomenal, but uh it may not be healthy for people to, you know, for certain types of people to spend time, you know, mastering or learning those systems. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just, again, that, that, the sort of following that, that sort of a, it is a bit of the other side of the same coin. I don't really have too much more to add as, as far as just like some of my general thoughts, but I did want to, uh, take a few minutes here and talk about we we've talked about final fantasy six we've talked about chrono trigger uh we've mentioned a few others but i was just wondering josh do you have 
like a fistful of these that you like in addition and and i know we've mentioned some other stuff but like mm-hmm. if somebody came to you and said besides final fantasy 6 and besides chrono trigger i want to get a picture of what jrpgs are and can be um do you have a particular series that you would i mean you know mm-hmm. obviously you know or just in particular titles that you would say these are sort of like on the must play lists yeah yeah, well, in terms of what JRPGs are, um, I would say, man, the Dragon Quest series is is a great place to start because the it that whole series is very classic in the way that it 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 goes about things. Um, I've heard great things about Dragon Quest Eleven, but I have yet to play it. Um, so that would probably be the first one if if I've actually played if i can say for myself um but since i can't i would say dragon quest 8 on uh on 3ds um mm-hmm. is a great place mm-hmm. to start because mm-hmm. it does uh, mm-hmm. th- because it, it mm-hmm. sticks close to the roots of the genre while also sending you on an epic quest with likable characters um it, it, yeah it's it's just a fun time all around um so that's when I'd say for for games, if if you're looking, okay, what is a JRPG? Go for Dragon Quest. I highly recommend Dragon Quest Eight. If you're looking to branch out to, okay, what can they be? Well, then, um, you know, without throwing you into the deep end with Octopath Traveler, I'd say go back on that series and pick up Bravely Default because that one uses those same tropes it it's still pretty high fantasy but it goes heavy on a job system so you're changing out your jobs getting new abilities and then it, it also uses that brave and default system so that you can actually get extra turns or um, that you have to pay for later on in the battle or you can save up turns by defending um, like there is a lot of strategy in that game um and 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 so many different possibilities of creating different types of parties and things like that so funny enough both of those games are on 3ds (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um which i think is a great way to play i mean switch is great too because it's portable um but i think portable for my stage of life is the best way to play jrpgs right now just because uh i you know, I don't have 60 hours to sit down and play all the time, <laughs> but if I can play it in little, in short bursts and take it with me, um, I'm much more uh, inclined to actually play through them. Um, so those two come to mind. Some other, this, the problem with this next game is that it's hard to come by. It's a GameCube game, okay? So like, who's gonna, who's gonna actually play this? But I would say, along with something like Earthbound on Super Nintendo, um, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door is one mm. of the funniest video games that I've ever played. Um, and it has good RPG mechanics. Uh, I, I never actually finished it. Um, so shame on me. But I loved every minute that I played of it, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I love the Shin Megami Tensei games, but I've already talked about them and I've talked about why. I would say I started out with Shin Megami Tensei 4, also on 3DS, funny enough. Um, and that's where I'd recommend you start out to. Shin Megami Tensei is generally more hardcore. 
Um, they will beat you down if you don't know what you're doing. They require you to take advantage of their uh, the mechanics in the games or else you will be taken advantage of. Um, and that they're just brutal games and that they make no apologies for it. Um, Shin Megami Tensei 4 is a little less so, uh, but still, if you're used to, I don't know, if you're used to Pokemon... Uh, Shin Megami Tensei is definitely not that. So that's a handful of games that I'd say um, are some of the, my favorites in the genre to, that, that mm. you should jump into. What are some that you're thinking of, Nate? Um, well, I mean, I uh, Hale and Hardy second to Dragon Quest VIII, mm-hmm. or Dragon Warrior Eight rather. Mm-hmm. It's a personal favorite of mine. Uh, obviously, you know, Goes without. I really like the Bravely games as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Bravely games, you know, and it, we've sort of talked about it, but you know, they're both excellent. And I think Bravely Default is my favorite, but Bravely mm-hmm. Second, Bravely Second sort of improves on the formula and does some interesting things. Um, but I I enjoy the story from Bravely Default more. Yep. I need to actually play the demo for Bravely Default 2. Me too. Hmm. I downloaded it the day of, and I still haven't played it. <laughs> I think for, yeah, me too. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, as soon as I'm done with Octopath, I think maybe I'll fire that up for mm-hmm. the, the couple of hours it is. Uh, something sort of, and again, Square Squaresoft and Enix, and well, now Square Enix, were sort of like the kings, the undisputed kings back in the, the 80s and yep. 90s of yeah. uh the jrpg scene i think sort of it's an interesting take on the jrpg games in general but the the mana games uh mm-hmm. specifically secret of mana and then uh what we we know as you and i know it as second densetsu 3 but i think it's the adventure of mana or the three is trials of mana trials of mana okay so there you go uh trials of mana which has a as as of this recording, it's not out yet, but by the time this drops, it will have been out for a few days, uh, which has interestingly enough been sort of shifted into, I was talking with uh, my brother about it, but uh, that Trials of Mana demo mm-hmm. was playing it, and I said it almost wants to be an action RPG yeah. um, as far as like the, the combat and stuff. It's not quite there, um, but I liked it, and uh, I was kind of intrigued by it. Uh, I would say I would throw Persona Five into the mix. Okay. Um, yeah. We know I had some sort of mixed feelings. I really like that game, and I think or just Persona Five, Four, or Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't have I have very limited experience with Three, but Four. I just think the stories in those games are fun in different ways. Um, I think what I appreciate most is the combat. I think like if you want to see like really clever combat design and combat mechanics and like the Persona games are a little more approachable than the Shin Megami Tensei games. Yeah. And definitely. But they're still they're still good and they still they have like it's sort of like the Shin Megami Tensei games light Mm-hmm. light versions mm-hmm. um and so they're they're worth playing there uh, i would also throw in and this is a bit of a, i don't know if i would call this a must play but i think uh i played uh the battle chasers night war yeah game a while back 
Uh, that's a really interesting take on sort of a modern JRP entry into the JRPG series. Okay. I, I don't think it's a great game by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's a solid, I think it's solid verging. So it's solid, good verging on better than most there. The, it's got some pretty, I don't want to say glaring faults, but there are a few things that were just like, kind of like, eh, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a really good sort of entry. It's, and it's not too bad. It's like a 30 to 40 hour playthrough on that one. So it's, okay. yeah, um, trying to think if there was anything else. Uh, I mean, there's lots of stuff that I would throw in here. Like uh, if you have a game, you mentioned a GameCube one that I'd love to see that we just, it, the skies of Arcadia. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that game make a comeback. The thing is, there are so many great JRPG. There really are a ton of great RPG yeah. JRPGs yeah. out there. Like I think of, uh, I wasn't a huge fan, but uh, do you remember the ones that were sort of sent in like a fantasy Western kind of wild um, gun, wild arms? The wild arms games are really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, again wasn't necessarily my thing just sort of like didn't vibe on the right level mm-hmm. uh outside of final fantasy 6 i really like final fantasy 9 mm-hmm. that's i think uh that's a really good one i think uh it does some really good things with job and skill implementation and stuff like that um 7 is popular for some reason 10 is also uh, popular t- 7 and 10 uh, they're fine they're good i mean you know, a lot of people like those games, and that's fine. I, I don't want to, I don't want to poop on what people like. I know, right? I, yeah, but it's not my fault. You have no taste, people. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> I I only kid a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, li- listen, Yikes. if you like those games, great. I'm glad. Uh, they're just not for me. Um, I'm trying to think here. There, there, there was. This this is that's the thing. There's so many Rogue Galaxy. Um, okay. Uh, I think you can actually play it on PS4, but it was a PS2 game originally. I remember sinking a ton of time into that uh, and enjoying that. There's just there's there's a pile of them out there. Yeah, Breath um, of Fire series, Suikoden oh, series. Um, the Bre- what was that? There was yeah. one more. Oh, Xeno Saga. Those were the, the, well, the Zena games period, mm-hmm. like it's Zena Gears, Zena Saga, Zena Blade. They all sort of fall within, they're all sort of a JRPG sort of thing. Uh, there's some standouts that I think, like, uh, I think of uh, the final story, um, oh, the last story for Wii, the, the, the last story for Wii. Yeah. I have that been meaning to get around and play that and finish it. Uh, I want to say Pandora's Tower. Yeah, I think, I think that's an action Wii. RPG. I don't think that's, but yeah, that was that was part of Operation Rainfall. Anyways, yeah, that that was one of those. Blue games. Dragon mm-hmm. was it? Uh, Lost Odyssey. Lost Odyssey. There, that's the one. I've heard that great was things. A, part of the, the Mistwalker Studios or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I I I was actually more in Camp Blue Dragon because uh, okay, uh, my my boy Kira Toriyama. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's a ton of them out there. Uh, right. I, I I had to just like narrow it down to three. I would say the Persona games, like three, four, or five, the most recent entries, I think are definitely like one of those should be in there. 
I, I throw bat- the Battle Chasers game in there because I think it's okay. an interesting take on um, just modern, like, it's like revisiting the JRPGs, sort of learning all the lessons. It's not as polished or as clever, as tight as, like, Octopath is, mm-hmm. but it's it's good, and I, I like that world. I like the Battle Chasers. I, I you know, we've talked about it before. Um, I think, you know... Yeah, uh, in addition to what, you know, sort like I said my my sort of like throwing my weight behind your your nominees there. Yeah. So Sorry, I I hope I didn't take any from you. Um I mean, you did, but they were the obvious ones. <laughs> so, you just like just you're talking I'm, I'm like I'm like, "Oh no." And 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 the 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 mana games mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And so. I would be remiss just because, I mean, we've talked about it in previous episodes. We mentioned it a little bit, but Earthbound um, mm, is one. Yes. Now, you had asked kind of to kind of get an expectation. Earthbound, one of the things that makes it so special is that it subverts the expectations of what a JRPG was when it first came out. Um, yeah. So it is more of a satire of the genre uh that's going too far it's it's not a complete satire it's satirical it's, it's a love letter that sort of exactly. pokes fun at the tropes yes exactly so it's not one that i would recommend to someone hey if you haven't played a jrpg then play earthbound not necessarily because i think a lot of it a lot of its humor is for people who know jrpgs um also, it's a bit antiquated in some of the stuff that it does, so you have to kind of put yourself back into, you know, back when it was made in the early 90s, right? Early 90s? Mid-90s? I don't remember. Yeah, early, late 80s, early 90s, mid-90s maybe. Hey, you know what I thought just you brought up Earthbound and for some reason uh, Undertale. Have you played that oh, yet? Oh, no, I haven't. Oh, my goodness. But, um, it's, yeah, I've heard it's great. It's kind of a JRPG-ish sort of thing i mean mm-hmm. it's definitely got its roots in the genre yeah i mean uh that might be a good one it now the thing is like that's one that i'm a little i'm a little hesitant to sort of like throw like a it's it's a really cool game mm-hmm. um but i think in a lot of ways because it does like it does sort of require that you be versed in these games okay um so to speak um yeah that that would be one that sort of might get like a nod at least from me yeah um you know and i i yeah. you know we we've talked there's just a ton of them out there um at this point in time i don't think i've finished a complete thought there for about 15 20 seconds <laughs> just kind of said yeah uh kind of mm, yeah <laughs> that's okay because i think all of our semi-complete thoughts have come together have told a good story overall and I don't think it necessarily has to have the perfect end. I think the fact that we have progressed through this entire episode, I think this is a good place to kind of put it to rest, to have the, the end credits, the title come up. Um, I, I think this has been a good discussion of JRPGs in general um, and, and kind of a, a maiden voyage for this new like set this new series that we're doing that how shall we then play? Um, so if you guys have any suggestions as to how we can better kind of tackle these topics, um, you know, we only kind of lightly touched on some of the history uh, and that might've even been, I don't know. I, I vaguely remember some of this stuff, 
maybe I should have done a little bit more research. Um, but if you have any suggestions as to how we should do these in the future, you know, JRPGs was kind of the reason we started out with it is because we both love the genre. It's both one of our favorites. Obviously, we're both playing JRPGs right now. Um, so it's kind of easy. Um, you know, it, it, along with that, I think it'd be easy to do something like platformers are another one of my favorites. Um, th- although there might not be as much to say about it. Oh, they're fun. You just run to the right. Um, and jump. I don't know. But like, we want to continue to do this and take a look at some other genres as well in the future. So um, if you have f- suggestions for us on how to do that, on how to tackle it, if you think we didn't spend enough time with certain aspects or spent too much time with other ones, uh, let us know. We're still kind of figuring this out. But this is, um, you know, this is where we wanted to start off with JRPGs because we uh, love those types of games. Um, but of course, there's tons of ways that you can get a hold of us. We would love to hear from you regardless of whether you have suggestions um, or if you just want to interact with some of the stuff that we said. Did we miss out on something, you know, that is a, a hallmark of the genre altogether? Did we forget? I'm sure there is someone... I'm sure at some point in time, someone will listen to this and be like, how could you miss game? Right. You know, exactly. Yeah. There, there could be something huge that we just completely overlooked and I'm sure there is. And if that's the case and you know it, then feel free to reach out. Um, we're on Twitter. Our handle is at BB downcast. You can email us directly at the backlog breakdown at gmail.com. We have our Facebook group, the hashtag backlog book club on Facebook. We've got a discord server. We'd love for you to join us. Uh, but in order to do that, you'll have to reach out to us so that we can get you the link to get into that discord. You can reach out to us individually on PSN, GG, Twitter, Facebook, all that fun stuff. I either go by my name, Josh Broccolo, or my Broccolope, which is spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E. And Nate goes by... Well, my name, or my name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, on, on, basically, if you can't find me at Nate McKeever, just normal spelling, uh, look for Nate underscore McKeever. There you go. Love it. We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you want to support us, then you can do so by rating, reviewing the podcast. Um, hopefully you're subscribed to it. Share it with your friends. You know, if you've got friends who don't know anything about JRPGs and you want them to hear a little bit about JRPGs, then we just talked about JRPGs for a while. Uh, so that's Or fun. if you have friends who just, you know, you think like, hey, they need another podcast about video games to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll occasionally sneak in the, the productivity and stewardship stuff. Exactly. You know, we'll just like on, on, the, on the side, a little <laughs> bit like on the sly. We'll just sneak that right in there. <laughs> All that stuff. We'd love for you to share. Um, and if you do want to support us financially, we do also have a Patreon. Um, and you can get some cool stuff like our special Discord uh, channel that we have for the patrons. Um, you'll get the, the pre-show that we normally do where we just talk about anything that we want to. Um, th- even if it's not video game related, a lot of the times it's not. Uh, you can get our, our hot takes on all kinds of world events there. Uh, but, you know, or if you just want to, you know, drop us a dollar, just think of it like a tip jar. Um, but if you don't want to do that, that's totally fine. We're just happy that you're listening. So thank you for joining us as we have taken this journey 
uh, from the west to the east. And I, I don't know what that means. I just meant that it's JRPGs. Um, just some things to note before we sign off. Um, as Nate mentioned, right now, this month in our backlog busters, we are going through some Mario games. Um, I forgot to mention it back in my report. I did play a little bit of Super Mario Brothers 2 because um, that's the one that I haven't played in stinking forever. And uh, I'll just say it's more difficult than I remember it. I remember it being a really easy game, and uh, I, I died quite a number of times when I played it on, on the Switch uh, online version. So um, if you want to join us with that, we'd love to have you this month. Uh, yeah, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers 3, and Super Mario World. Play through them. Mm-hmm. I have think we're going to run that into May. I think we're also right. going to be doing a backlog draft starting in May. Ooh. So by the time you guys hear this, uh, more de- like if you're interested, curious, that should the details and rules should be up in the book club at that point. Sounds good. So yes. So the final word belongs to Micah, aka Doug's vest. I don't mind the hate at all. I dish plenty of mine around. For example, I quit both Breath of the Wild and Final Fantasy VI for the same reason. Boredom. There's no accounting for taste. Love you guys.